Welcome back to the Integrateness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. And we're back with your latest favorite episode of our show. Well into December now. How do we feel about that? I don't know, because we're recording it like before Halloween. So <laughs> it's one <laughs> of those I, time travel I, things. I felt your resistance there. You oh, were like, that's right. December. He got like a yucky taste. Did your mouth start uh, watering? Did uh, you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, it's, it's, uh, it's tis, tis the season. Oh. Um, and next week, we're talking about sort of holidays and how we holiday and that kind of thing. But this week, Julian, you had a really interesting topic. They're all interesting, but you had a, a very... Timely topic. To yeah, talk about. one that's come up on my business page and kind of what you are experiencing right now a little bit, being forced to talk about the season coming up, but being mentally conflicted with that cognitive dissonance, my friends. So that is the mental conflict that occurs when your beliefs don't line up with your actions. So cognitive dissonance is something that comes up in therapy so much because essentially, I'm going to back up the truck a little bit. We like, when we look at the symptoms people come in with, the things people complain about, the things they're experiencing, the things that are actually interfering with people's day, right? Anxiety being one of the primary ones, low mood, lack of motivation, all of these experiences are the negative things people are reporting. Resentment, they're irritable, all of these things. Picture it, picture it, right? Jason's like crawling in his skin right now. So that's what they come in complaining of. And it's like, once I start peeling apart what's happening in their lives, I'm like, oh my God, you are responding very normally to something that is abnormal in your life, which is a scenario that you are in, whether that be a situation, a job, a relationship, um, just a state of being with yourself. And I'll talk a bit more about that. But essentially, it's out of alignment. It is not consistent with what your belief system is. We can go back to the core of this being like religious belief systems. And when people start to expand and find exceptions to the rule and they start sitting in this, oh, well, that doesn't fit. And if I, you know, if I believe this and that doesn't fit there and we start to feel discomfort and it's all of that discomfort, it shows up as anxiety, as physical pain as resistance to things, lack of motivation, fear to move forward, all of those things. So cognitive dissonance, I think, is like the sneaky like black mold in our lives that we don't realize is there, you know? What do you think, like, so for yourself, where would you catch yourself in moments of cognitive dissonance? So much. So one of like the common ones that could happen on like a small basis, like when we want, go back and listen to our discipline episodes, but like when you want to discipline yourself to something, right? So a fitness and a nutrition plan, but there you are like eating fast food or sneaking the donut, right? And you're like, fuck, I knew I shouldn't have done this, but... And it's like inconsistent to what you're doing and you find yourself maybe making excuses for it or trying to reconcile. So again, when we go back to that like state of equilibrium and balance that we always want to be in, we're always going to seek that when we do something that counterbalances something, right? Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it can be around belief system. For example, there was one, um, a few people that I work with, of course, they're very unhappy in their jobs but they are forced to go to them because the pension is good or the security of it, or maybe the hours are good, but it's not hard work, right? So there's always this resistance of I'm going and acting out 
on a day-to-day giving this place my time and energy when it's not where my heart is. And again, when I say that out loud, I think of the unfulfilling friendships and relationships people might be in. Or when you just, when your time runs out and your job is done somewhere, you know, volunteer positions, like we have so many things we're a part of in our lives and some of them we have to let expire. Mm -hmm. And when we go past that expiry date, it feels very conflicting, right? Because you're doing it then almost just because you don't know any better. Yeah. Right? Well, or because you don't want to ruffle feathers or you don't want to create waves or disappoint people. That's a big one, I think, that drives people. the disappointing other people, right? Yes. Telling someone that actually this doesn't work for me anymore. Or, you know, I just... You know, like, yeah, I go with you to this class every week that's like a painting class. I'm not, I'm not using it my mm-hmm. own example, but I've heard it from other people. They go with their spouses or something, but it's like they hate it. Yeah. You don't, just don't go. You don't have to go. Or my big one is like visiting with the in-laws mm-hmm. when I don't want to. Yes. <laughs> there is big cognitive. And, and so here's the thing is sometimes we will override that belief system because it is more important for maybe some other things to just stay in place there. So we won't experience as much cognitive dissonance there, right? So if we are on a fitness and nutrition plan, you know, do you think, and I talk about the rocks cheat meals all the time. Do you think he feels cognitive dissonance when he has that cheat meal? Not at all. No, because he has worked that into his plan and he's created a reward based system and he's boundaried it and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't abuse it. Have you seen that fucking French toast? Oh, it's crazy. Right? It's the, like the half a loaf. It's a half a loaf. Yep. Um, so so he, he does abuse it, but he doesn't, he doesn't extend it into like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Yes. So there's a time and a place for that exception to the rule. And I think like if you were to look at yourself, how much of like a black and white thinker are you? How much do you like to hang in the gray? And people who like to hang in the gray a lot, I think get more comfortable with cognitive dissonance, not actually for a good reason. I think there's beauty and flexibility, but some people will get really comfortable in there because it doesn't require accountability sometimes. Yeah. And they stay very flaky in that in-between, right? Yeah, I, I, she's not here right now. So I could say, I think my wife sits a lot more in the gray and I'm definitely, Alicia, my counselors accuse me of it's like, I've got black and white thinking. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's one way or the other. There's no middle ground here so i he's wearing a gray shirt today guys I, no it's kind of white <laughs> it's black no 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 it's like white base with black speckles yeah they're not even blended into nope. gray <laughs> that's amazing yeah so yeah yeah it's kind of interesting how that works <laughs> yeah and that's honestly that becomes like a communication a mashing of things and that's where some people will like butt heads on work ethic and this and that and we could look at that from a feminine and masculine perspective yep. And embrace the fact that she is more fluid on the feminine end of things. And that might not make sense to you, but there is a time and place for that flexibility and femininity in that flow, right? So yeah, really think about yourself and and where are you in some of those realms? And then when we, you know, go and explore that resentment episode from last season around resentments are where we've self-abandoned and we self-abandon when we experience cognitive dissonance because we've done something against what our core beliefs are. And when we want to take this to a deeper level, it really is about core beliefs. It's not about basic plans and cheat meals and things like that. It is like if you make a commitment to eat healthy or get fit, Essentially, the core value under that is I value my body and my health. And every time I choose not to do that, I'm 
I'm devaluing my body and my health and putting myself in a less important role, which then if we want to take it further is going to impact my children because I'm not caring for myself for their well-being and all these things. It means I might not live as long and yada, 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 insert guilt here. But that's also motivation and the reality of what a simple decision can tell us in a like subconscious manner, right? I'm not showing up for me. So at a core level, if you have a wound of not being good enough that started early in your childhood, 95% of the population carries this wound, folks, then you are going to punch the shit out of that wound every time you make that one decision to have the donut or the cheesecake or whatever. And I'm pro cheesecake here, guys. It's <laughs> I'm, high, I'm pro it's donut high, myself. <laughs> high, in, high in protein, right? Um, so I want you to think about some of those pieces. We can flip that. And it's not necessarily just negative behavior too. It's positive behavior. So one of the places that... Um, it's really interesting to work with is when people start implementing self-care routines or things that require them to work against what their main programming was growing up. So as a woman, mine is like the hustle of the patriarch world and the harder you work, the harder, you know, you produce and then your production and your worth are associated. Right. And it's like boss babe mentality. So when I started easing into a really like self-reflective self-care practice, that was a lot of, doing less that was hard for me because every time I chose to do less I felt cognitive dissonance because my internal belief system was that I should be doing more and this is so common with most people in western culture okay not even just men and not even just women men right and it had it was around like again using EMDR and different things like that to restructure the importance of doing less and how that actually allows us to do more So I had to go back and reframe all of that in order for my actions of doing less and taking the self-care times and learning how to meditate and consider that productive time when I saw productivity on the other end of it. I had to do that in order to not feel cognitive dissonance every time I slowed down. Still work on it. Still have to work on it. Uh, Me too. That's my struggle as well because I'm someone who would work all the time so hard, not take that time, and then just collapse like you know the, the, you hit a wall and fall apart yeah. and I do it like training like my boxing training and all that kind of stuff and that results in like injury that kind of thing so it's like teaching your highly productive mind the value of downtime yeah and how that makes you work better it's like there's a line in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie of all things you need to work smarter not harder yeah right and I yes. think that's smart and, and so for someone say like I'll use myself as an example as a writer um Instead of writing eight hours a day now, five days a week, I'll write maybe for like an hour or like have a 1500 word word count and do that like every day. Mm. And if it's done in half an hour, you're done, your day's work is done in half an hour. If it takes you a little bit longer because it's a harder day, then it takes a bit longer. But I found that more productive than saying eight hours a day, five days a week. Absolutely. Because you have to also find those moments of inspiration and the right times to do it. Um, so some other examples of cognitive dissonance, and I really want to expand our listeners here because we don't talk about some of the extremes sometimes. And I do think that there's quite a few of you who are going to relate to this, but substance use and addiction, whether that's process addiction, when I say process, I mean pornography, shopping, um, gambling, right? Those are process addictions. Um, they still interact with the same parts of the brain that are dopamine enhancing. That's our more habit forming neurochemical, but essentially People who are in active addiction and uh, have difficulty with substances 
they experience cognitive dissonance on a regular basis. They are letting themselves down. They are choosing a substance over their well-being. Um, addiction actually hijacks the hierarchy in our natural state, our body. So we have like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is essentially like food and shelter and water and all those things. Addiction will, um, chemicals will uh, actually hijack that in the brain and say, you don't need that. You don't need to eat to survive. You need the drug to survive. And the drug, like I said, could also be gambling, you know, sex, shopping, whatever. Um, so we will become biologically hijacked. That is like the closest form of self-abandonment you can experience. And because of that, you know, there is so much cognitive dissonance and discord that happens when you are going against what your belief system is. Now you're spending your rent money or you're letting your kids down or you're, you know, letting a partner down or letting yourself down your employment. Most people don't feel good about that, but something is hijacking it, right? That cognitive dissonance is so uncomfortable that it will perpetuate the use. Well, because you're trying to numb that you that, Absolutely. that cognitive dissonance because out, right? Because you can't sit in that discomfort, no. and you also can't face that discomfort because it means you need to quit. If you so the, the the result of cognitive dissonance is, in order for us to reconcile it, we have to face the fact that we are doing something against what our belief is, and if we if we realize it and admit it, it means we either ignore it and feel like shit about that, or we have to do something about it. And that's the hardest thing quite often, if, especially if it's like an addiction. Like Absolutely. Cracking any habit is hard. Absolutely. And this will come out when people are like, oh my gosh, can you believe that that person treated me that way? And like, oh, perfect example. Husband and wife team. Wife says, your mother-in-law, your mom cannot treat me like this anymore. What happened there? Blah, blah, blah. Not okay. Husband doesn't want to be in it. He completely agrees. This was literally a session yesterday. Um, completely agrees with the wife, but... If he agrees with her, it means he's got to do something about it. And he avoids conflict. So he argued with her that it wasn't a big deal when inside he knows it wasn't right. Right. <laughs> but he has to verbally argue with her against it. Otherwise, it would mean he would have to do something about it. Is it like think about these scenarios in your life, you guys. You're late on a deadline at work and you argue with your boss or your colleagues about why it's not important and it didn't need to be done. Instead of being like, holy shit, I'm late and I'm in trouble now. Yeah. All the Kids things. Kids do that all so the time. Much. Kids do that all we the are, time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So just think about where this expands like into our life and how much of our life are we feeling these inconsistencies? And then when do we reconcile them? What does it feel like when we reconcile them? What does it feel like when we actually give an exception to the rule and be like, well, this is where I'm going to be okay with that. Or, you know, when we're learning to set boundaries, those are big times this stuff is activated because, oh, right. I mean, you're going to be doing things against what your belief system is, right? Especially like attachment parenting. There's big things there that we're constantly every day reminded about in terms of, yeah, pushing, pushing the limit on things. So what are good ways then for people to deal with their cognitive dissonance oh I'll walk around just ignoring everything <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like clearly with pot and alcohol. Clear, that's what we do <laughs> that's what we do yeah jay that's what we do so um using substances we fucking scroll we oh, scroll scrolling. and social media i think is the big out right now for people yeah and you find you find other people who are in like scenarios so mm. the wine drinking moms who are all in a problematic use, waking up feeling crappy in a cycle of coming home, needing a glass at dinner, they will normalize the shit out of that because of 
Um, what was that one Courtney Cox show where she had a giant glass and that's what she would always drink out of? I forget. That was a long time ago. It wasn't ago. Friends, was it? No, it wasn't that. It was some, some show she did after that. But I remember that being like a big, oh my God, are we really normalizing this? But that's what we'll do is we'll go find memes and things like that to just like, um, like, like buffer that impact and then find other people to validate it, but not do anything about it. So it will like acknowledge the, the, the cognitive dissonance, but you know, so an example for me that I currently am experiencing is my schedule is too busy. And you guys know this, you guys know, I worked really hard for the last couple of years to like find some really good balance and some me time and things like that. But my son is in rep hockey and I'm so grateful my girls aren't playing this year because I can't be in two cities at the same time to get them to where they need to go. So it's been a blessing in disguise, but essentially like my son is on the ice like five times a week between out of town tournaments and things like that. So now there's so many more demands of me. Um, so it goes against my personal belief system of how I was trying to structure a more peaceful schedule that was more balanced because let's face it, this is an activity he's in and I'm, I'm using quotes here, but like I'm forced to do this for him, but this is an exception to my rule. I am willing to be busier than I would prefer to be because I'm supporting him in this sport. Which that he's makes, passionate about and enjoys, yeah, right? Yeah. But every day I feel this pressure in my chest and the pressure in my head when I'm looking at schedules and coordinating and now I have to do this and now I'm that and how much is this going to cost and where's the dog going to go? Fuck! Like, guys, right? You know, I know you know this, right? And it's like, I can do this, uh, you know, and I'm choosing to do it. So it feels different, but I'm still experiencing that physical dissonance in, in a sense, right? Oh, yeah, huge, huge, yeah. right? And it, it's something you can only maintain for so long but hockey's a season and it ends and... um a 10 month season i know it's a lot longer than it was when <laughs> it i played feels that's like for it, sure right? <laughs> yeah yeah spring trial should be anytime now um but yeah so looking at that right and and being like this is the physical symptoms and the aftermath of all of that and instead of misinterpreting it instead of calling it something else I'm containing it with the label. This is the side effect of rep hockey parenting, right? Single, yep. single parenting, essentially. So, um, yeah, that's if you can contain it and label it, right? So, like, for you, where are some areas of cognitive dissonance that have uh, crept up for you this year? Mine was actually in, in the effort to do less. Because mm. I'm just naturally... Like, I used to really overfill my time, and it was way to avoid mm -hmm. problems and do, doing therapy and stuff. But since I've done all this work in these last five years, now it's like, I, like I'm... And I don't go to a nine to five job anymore. Mm -hmm. So I have like, you know, people like, ah, oh, you're too busy and you do that. And I would listen like, yeah, okay, I'll do less. But it's like, but then I really like, I wouldn't, wasn't happy mm -hmm. doing less. So I found now, like I just, I do more, but I just do less of the more. If that makes sense. Like today, like I've already, I've done some stuff around the house. I've done all my, my editing for the day. We're doing this. I'll process the podcast. I'll be done by like one o'clock yeah. and my day's mine, but I'm still doing as much as I would, but I'm not like spending more time on doing everything i like that and it's your choice there's something about free will when you're being told to be at a nine to five it's so different than like what are you going to fill this time with so i because my son has 6 a.m hockey on wednesdays so i'm up at five with him i purposely don't book my wednesdays with client work so typically i'll head to pilates first because i'm prioritizing that and then um i will come and do this with you now that we've scheduled it in and uh, plan some other things. And sometimes that's clients and sometimes that's other things. So I can have a fully booked quote unquote free day. 
Yep. But it's a free will choice day of like, this is a flexible day in my mind that now staff meetings fit into or other appointments or choice client appointments, right? And if I need, like I had to get skate sharpened on my way here, so I could fit that in, right? All those kinds of things. Sometimes I think that is like the perfect buffer. So you can still be constantly doing something, but sometimes it's even scheduling in your downtime. Yeah, which I would. Yeah. My buddy Sean always bugs me about it. You have to book time to do nothing. It's yes, like, but, I do. I, but I like that because then it's like, okay, I know I'm getting to that point where, oh, for the next two hours, I'm not busy. I'm going to build my Lego daily bugle or yes. meditate or watch a show or read a book. That's, right? your, that's your rest stop on the highway. Yep. You know, I know where the bathroom is after Falkland. Because yep. if I stop at the corner store, I'm dropping 40 bucks. Yep. So we're going to the side of the road bathroom now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. You right? know where your road stops are. Because if you have a tiny amount of space between like four meetings back to back, you might eat the wrong food or miss budget your time in those meetings. But if you have a scheduled road stop... You'll know, like, don't drink the coffee. I got 20 more minutes, yeah, and right? I get there and then everything's fine. Like, yeah. I'm going to do what I need to do. And that's just, that's how I work. And I think it's funny how I think some cognitive dissonance is created by, is put on us by other people who do things a different way. Like, I can't put my schedule on my wife. Right. She doesn't work that way. She needs to kind of have a little, just Come on, flow. Jess. Just do it. Just What's going on? But no, like, it's true though, right? But I would do that earlier in mm-hmm. the relationship. But now it's like, no, she doesn't work that way and... I don't work the way she works. So we kind of found a way around that. Yeah. Most of the time. Most, yeah, but <laughs> that's the a thing. Like once yep. you each learn that about each other and you didn't take it personally, but yep. you were like, this is literally a different way of working. Like yep. we have a different way of doing it. And how do we mesh that together? And I think that those are cool points that you can get to in any kind of partnerships with colleagues, with friends, you know, teammates, whatever. Yeah, Whatever exactly. that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So have a think about that, folks. Think about what cognitive dissonance means to you, how it shows up in your life, how you reconcile that, how you observe it in others, okay? And this actually, for young kids, there's a huge amount of it in social pressures, right? Kids who are against drugs and alcohol, witnessing their friends vaping and things like that, right? Like, it is very interesting to see how teens and even children wrestle with cognitive dissonance and Kids really start playing with that idea of like, what is right and what is wrong? And why are people doing things? So example, this morning, it's pitch black out. We got like seven minutes to get to the arena. <laughs> and I'm going a little faster along Farcrest story, guys, right? And Marshall's like, why are you speeding, mom? I was like, well, it's dark and there's nobody on the road, babe. And he's like, but you're still supposed to go the speed limit. <laughs> I'm like... You're not wrong, buddy. You're not wrong. So they are looking for these discrepancies all the time, right? Well, they learn from us, right? They abs because they kids are black and white rule followers. They really want to be, but then they watch where we can extend and make exceptions to, like this. Like yep. we don't do that when we're driving to school because someone's always driving slow in front of me. But we maybe do it when no one else is on the road or things like that. So it's really interesting. Um, or you know, we don't eat cake for breakfast, but why do we do it after our birthday, mom? <sighs> Or right. after like Thanksgiving or, or Christmas, oh my God, where you have pie. Like, pie for my apple mom. pie and ice cream for yeah. breakfast. Like it's true. My mom yeah. just brought pumpkin pie over last night. So I gave the kids each a slice before they got some in their lunch, right? Yeah. I was like, here you go. It's high in fiber. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> right? 
Yeah. So think about those things and um, just how much more aware you are of it. And we didn't focus so much on it here, but I do in therapy a lot when people have primary um, structured belief systems, specifically religion and uh, ways that they have grown up family, family value wise. And we have moved from rather conservative to more like left wingy kind of ways of living. And that becomes very conflicting for some people to undo generational belief systems into their own and what fits for the present day and how they're raising their families. So there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that'll roll out that way as well. Well, big, especially I find it amongst Catholics because mm-hmm. it's very strange. I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to label it, but if you want to toss that That's out. all right. I just, yeah, <laughs> I, but I think in, in a lot, any kind of re- religion, mm-hmm. I think that's starting to happen. Which I mean, that can be a whole other time. We've never really addressed religion on this show and I think one day I we think, will. Yeah, we might, right? Yeah. So, um, but I think, yeah, easily able to identify which are more rigid belief systems, right? And yeah. 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 All right, folks. That wraps up this episode. We're back next week talking about holidays and vacations because it is the season. Yeah, Jason and I each took holidays and mine was quite an extroverted experience and his was a fairly introverted one. And uh, we're going to give you all the juicy details. Coming up next week. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.